church. Let's all stand as we go into worship the Lord this morning. Jesus, we're so thankful for you this morning. We come into your courts with praise and we come into your gates with thanksgiving this morning. God, we just set our hearts right now to worship you and to set aside all other distractions, all other things that are filling our minds right now, Lord. We just lay that down so that we can focus on you, so that we can really worship you and praise your name. Sing, there was a moment. There was a moment when the lights went out When death had claimed its victory The king of love had given up his life darkest day in history they're on a cross they're on a cross they made for sinners for every curse his blood atoned one final breath and it was finished but not the end we could have known for the earth began to shake and the veil was torn what sacrifice was made as the heavens
join in with the angelic song of heaven. Oh, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, who is to come. Oh, let every knee come bow before the King of Kings. Let every tongue confess that He is Lord. Lift up your shout, let us join with all of heaven, singing holy, singing holy, singing so much. Lord, thank you for all that you've done. Lord, we just thank you that there is hope for the hopeless this morning. 
there's joy for the discouraged ones this morning, God, I just pray that anyone either in this room or watching online at home, Lord, if they are feeling hopeless, if they are feeling discouraged, Lord, I just ask that you meet them where they are, God. And Lord, I just ask that you would give them hope. God, I ask that you would fill them with your peace. And Lord, I ask that in this holiday, this Christmas season, that we would really take time to think about what you did and leaving all the glory of heaven and leaving the presence of your father leaving all that you had ever known and coming as a baby to be born in a manger lord i ask that we would be thinking about you humbling yourself all because you wanted to save us from death from hell from the grave so lord we just thank you we honor you we worship you we love you in the holy name of jesus You may be seated. Uh, today's an exciting day in the, the, in the life of our church. We have the opportunity to celebrate um, the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of our sixth grade students by participating in their confirmation. So I'm going to ask um, McKenna and Maddie if they would go ahead and make their way uh, to the stage. Uh, you can come this way, and then Ashley's going to follow y'all two on up. Uh, we're going to kind of spread out, social distance a little bit this morning. Um, yeah, y'all can just come and stand right here be great. Awesome. We're going to also have someone that's joining us, one of our sixth grade students that's actually participating and joining us online this morning. Aaron uh, can't be here this morning, and so we thought it would be a great idea for us to allow him to participate and his family to participate as much as possible in this service. Um, for those of y'all that didn't know, uh, confirmation provides students an opportunity to publicly proclaim their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And confirmation also provides an opportunity for our church to commit to continue, that means us, our church, to continue, commit to continue to prayerfully walk alongside them as they grow in grace. In preparation for today, these students have been participating in a season of intentional faith development. Uh, th these students began confirmation back in February, and then 2020 happened, right? And so if just a few weeks ago, they finished up that, that curriculum and completed that curriculum. And the families of these students have also been invited to engage in conversations about faith throughout this process. As their preparations led them to the point uh, where they are prepared to respond to the grace of God that is available to all of us and to profess faith in Jesus as the forgiver of their sins and the leader of their lives. Now, uh, all of our students have actually already been baptized. And so I do have three questions for you this morning. And Aaron, if you're online with us, you can type your answers into the chat box. That would be awesome. <laughs> 2020, right? There we go. All right. The three questions I have for y'all this morning. Do you repent of your sins? If so, say I do. Do you confess that Jesus is the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life? If so, say I do. Do you commit to following Jesus wherever he leads for the rest of your life? If so, say I do. There we go. I love it. Enthusiasm. There it is. Uh, Ashley has a few gifts uh, to give to you. Uh, Aaron, we'll get you your gifts, man. No worries. Uh, we'll get them there to you. Um, I want to ask you guys, because this is a part of what the church is about, is, is committing to walk alongside our students as they grow in grace in Jesus. So I'm going to ask that you would reach your hands out towards them as we pray. And if you're watching online, you can reach your hands out towards the screen or whatever you feel like doing. But we're going to pray for our students uh, this morning. We praise God for the work that he has already done in you, and we celebrate your response to his grace. Today, we commit as a church to walking beside you as you continue maturing in your faith. Our prayer is that you, our prayer for you is that God, uh, the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. May the Holy Spirit work within each of you that having been born through water and through the Spirit, you may live as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. And all who agree with that prayer said, amen, amen. Guys, give it up for our confirmation students uh, this morning. You guys can just follow me and go back down to your seats. And Ashley's going to continue us in worship. There it is. My name is Ashley, and I have the joy of serving as our Connections Director here at the Chateau Alon campus of the Vine Church. And whether you're joining with us online or you're here in person, we are so glad that we get to worship our King together today. 
I would love for you to take advantage of our digital bulletin. So scan the QR code on your screen or go to connecttothevine.org slash bulletin for all the information that you need about today's worship service. This also has a great resource for you. It's called our online connect card. And we want to hear from you. We want to know that you're worshiping with us and we want to be able to connect with you this week. So please fill that out on the digital bulletin. Let us know you join with us today. If you're a first time guest with us today, we're so glad that you're here. We hope that you felt warmly welcomed and we also have a gift for you out at our welcome desk. So feel free to stop by after the service to receive that. If you are new to the vine, you're new to following Jesus, or you're just ready to get plugged in more here at the Vine, we have a small group called Engage designed just for you. Through the course of a small group uh, that meets weekly, you will discover who we are here at the Vine, how to abide in Christ, and thrive in Christ-centered community here at our church. We hope you'll check it out. For information and to sign up, you can go to the Engage link on your digital bulletin or go to connecttothevine.org slash engage. Well, church, in just a minute, we're going to continue worship through the act of giving. And if you have already given online or through automated giving this week, thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. But if you haven't had a chance yet, that's okay. We have several ways that you can give this morning. One is here in person. We'll have ushers who are going to be coming by to collect your gift. But you can also give online at the give link in the digital bulletin or by sending your gift to the P.O. box on your screen. Church, here at the Vine, we believe that giving is an act of worship. And so as our ushers come forward, and as you're preparing your gift, I want to just go over the two reasons that we believe that. The first is that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And by giving back to him through his church, we're recognizing that everything that we have was his to begin with. The second is that together we get to fund the mission of the Vine, which is making disciples, making disciples. And today we're celebrating that through our partnership with local schools, we've been able to reach out to three different schools and encourage their faculty and staff. And you guys, in this season where teachers and staff and faculty have had to do so much and go above and beyond, it was just a great treat to be able to love them well in that. We do have a couple of different announcements. Uh, the first is that Christmas Eve is rapidly coming upon us. Parents, don't freak out. You do still have some time to buy gifts, but our Christmas Eve service will be on December 24th. We have a 3 o'clock and a 4.30 service. We'll have inside options, outside options, and online options. So don't forget to go to connecttothevine.org to get your free ticket. We want to know that you're coming. We'll also be celebrating Christmas uh, at our young adult group called 1825. Uh, we'll be meeting on December 14th at 7 p.m. at 1825 headquarters for a fun time of games, gift-giving, and just loads of laughs. Email ashley at connecttothevine.org for more information and to learn where 1825 headquarters is. You don't want to miss that. Our youth are also going to be having a really fantastic way of celebrating Christmas this year. Both our Flower Branch and our Chateau Alon youth will be meeting on December 20th from 4 to 6 for a Christmas Eve, oh, not a Christmas Eve, a Christmas scavenger hunt. You'll be meeting at the Brazelton Town Green, so don't forget that location change. And youth, I promise you, you don't want to miss it. In just a minute, Pastor Gus is going to come up, and he's going to continue our series, Do You See What I See? But before he does, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. We don't take lightly that he stepped down from glory entered into humanity, experienced suffering and trials and tribulations on our behalf. We thank you that in this season of Christmas, in this season of Advent, we get to both remember when Jesus came and we also get to look forward to him coming again. God, I pray that in this season, as we sing, oh, come, let us adore him, I pray that our hearts would truly be stirred, that our affections would be stirred for Jesus. God, I pray that you would move, that your spirit would move mightily in us, that we would be drawn to the kindness and the repentance or the redemption and the love of Jesus. 
I pray that that would move us to repentance. I pray that that would, that would re- remove anything that keeps us from wholeheartedly being devoted and obedient to Jesus. God, I pray for the youth who have just been confirmed that they would experience your Holy Spirit in just a really thrilling and exciting new way. I pray that as they've learned and as they've processed and as they've had great discussions with their families about who you are and who you call them to be, that you would move, that you would stir up their communities. And God, I pray that as Pastor Gus comes up, with the word that you have put in his heart for us, I pray that all distractions would be removed. I pray that we would be able to receive the word that you have for us. I pray that we would respond with obedient and faithful hearts. God, we love you. We thank you for the privilege that it is to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. again everybody doing good awesome awesome you, you didn't sound like it. you weren't very convincing is everybody doing good there we go that's what I'm looking for listen if you're joining us live and online uh, we want to say thank you for being here uh, if you haven't already we'd love to hear from you so if you just give us a quick um, just a shout out by just saying good morning uh, or you continue to interact however you feel led throughout the surface of the day uh, my name is Gus Bishop and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at the Vine Church and I'm excited be with you guys today as we are continuing to look at the Christmas story through the eyes of those people who were at the very first Christmas. Because our hope is seeing, is that by seeing the Christmas story through a new perspective and fresh perspective, that we'll be able to be fresh, have fresh reasons to come and worship and praise God. Today we're going to be looking at the Christmas story through the eyes of a man who actually tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby. Uh, he, he was known as Herod the Great, and he was often considered the villain of the Christmas story, and every great story needs a villain, right? Right? Uh, For example, uh, without the dark side coursing through Darth Vader, we would have have known the power of the force that was in Luke Skywalker, or or without the unmatched dark magic of he who must not be named, I'm not scared of him, so I'll say his name, Voldemort, uh, we, we, we wouldn't have seen the greatness of Harry Potter. And without the unmatched strength of Thanos, uh, we wouldn't have seen the Avengers come and assemble for the greatest battle of all time. Now, without the wet bandits, that's right, I said the wet bandits, Harry and Marv, we would not have seen the creativity of the trap building of young Kevin McAllister. <laughs> the truth is that it isn't just in books or movies. It's, it's true in life that, that, um, the, that every great, whenever there's a great villain, The great hero must be there to overthrow him. Now, in real life, when it comes to global villains like human trafficking and terrorism, we—it's going to take a huge effort to overcome them and triumph. And when it comes to the own villains in our own lives of hopelessness and hatred, we need a hero strong enough to rise above them. Thankfully, we've got the greatest hero of all time who's on our side. Right? His name is. His name is Jesus. That's right, and, and, and he's already conquered the greatest villains of all time in sin and death, but it almost didn't happen, and that's where we're going to take a look at our story today. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app, I'm going to encourage you to go to Matthew chapter 2 with me. Matthew chapter 2, uh, if you're following along on our YouVersion Bible app, you'll find all of our uh, scriptures and message notes and reflection questions there, or you can simply follow along with those uh, in our digital bulletin. 
As you're getting to Matthew 2, I want to set the scene up for you, right? Jesus, the Son of God, has just been born to a virgin named Mary in the city of Bethlehem, which is now located in modern-day Palestine. And in doing that, when that happened, there were um, wise men who, and some would call them magi, that, that, that wanted to go and see Jesus. And the, the wise men were students in many areas of their life, including astronomy and prophecy. And so when they saw this new star that they'd never seen before in the sky, they thought it was the fulfillment of a prophetic prophecy found in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. And so they traveled a long way to go and see this newborn king. When they arrived in Jerusalem, King Herod uh, summoned them to, to himself, and he, he basically was asking them questions to try to figure out uh, where the baby was, where this newborn king was, and, and, and how old he was, and what time he was born, what day he was born. And so um, he, he was trying to, he told, the, he told the wise men, he said, listen, when you get there, come back and tell me where this newborn king is so that I can go back and worship him also. Uh, so the wise men left Jerusalem and they found Jesus in Bethlehem. And, and when they found Jesus, they worshiped him by giving him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then they had a dream that warned them not to go back to see King Herod, Herod the Great. And so they rerouted and they took a different way home. And that's where we pick up in our scripture today. Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 13. Now, when they, the wise men, had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. So to recap what's going on, after Herod realized that he's been tricked by the wise men, he sends his soldiers to execute all male children to and under in Bethlehem and the surrounding area. And that sounds horrible, I know. Like, how does a, how does a king view a child as a such a threat to his power and prestige that he believes the best option is to murder children. Now, the answer is that this was less about an awful reaction and more about a revelation of who Herod truly was. So to see this moment from Herod's eyes, the Christmas story from Herod's eyes, we need to know a little bit more about him. Now, although he was from Jewish parents. Herod wasn't. Herod was a. He wasn't from Jewish parents. He was a practicing Jew, and eventually earned the title of king of the Jews. Now, how could that happen? Right. He accomplished this by taking advantage of a Roman political unrest in that in that particular time. During a civil war in the empire, Herod won the favor of a guy named Octavian. Say Octavian. Octavian later became the Roman emperor Augustus Caesar. And he named Herod the king of Judea. And upon being named king, Herod launched this incredible building campaign. He, he built these huge things. As a matter of fact, um, many scholars would say he was the, the best builder in the, in the Holy Land because he built palaces and these fortresses and theaters and harbors. But his greatest accomplishment was that he rebuilt the temple that King Solomon had built that was destroyed by the Babylonians in 587 B.C. And, and when Herod rebuilt the temple, he, he built it on such, such a larger scale. It was so much larger than the original one. And although the majority of it was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD, it's still there today. Part of it's still there today, and it's known as the Western Wall or the Wailing Wall. And it's considered to be one of the holiest places, the holiest places for prayer and worship of the Jews today. And it was Herod's massive building projects on these great scales that led him to be referred to as Herod the Great. And you would think this type of political success would have, been, would have been, helped Herod to stay content, but he was determined to stay in control. He was determined to stay in power and stay in control. He even had one of his wives and three of his sons executed because he felt they were threatening his throne. So thankfully, Joseph, Joseph heeded the warning they received in a dream and took Mary and Jesus 
uh, and went to Egypt. And they stayed there until Herod passed away. He died. And when he died, his kingdom was divided by the Romans amongst three of his remaining kids. One of those, one of his sons was named Herod Antipas. And he actually executed John the Baptist and actually questioned Jesus before his crucifixion and execution. So knowing all this history and background story of Herod the Great, the question that we want to focus on today is what did Herod see first Christmas? What did Herod see the first Christmas? And unfortunately, he saw a few things that we're kind of seeing this Christmas as well. And the first thing that Herod saw, he saw a rival. Herod saw a rival. He believed that Jesus had come to replace him, and he was willing to do anything to keep that from happening. He was willing to, to, get, to go as far as killing children to keep his crown. What's so crazy is that Jesus didn't come to replace Herod. Jesus didn't come to replace Herod, but to have a relationship with Herod. Jesus didn't come to replace Herod, but to, came to have a relationship with Herod. There we go. Uh, and Herod couldn't understand that Jesus didn't leave his heavenly throne for an earthly one. Jesus gave up his heavenly throne to come and save sinners, just like Herod and just like you and me. Unfortunately, uh, in this season, we're seeing a lot of people that are trying, uh, they're acting out, that are, they're, feel called to build rivalries instead of build relationships. And, and this is happening with everything from politics to how we respond to this pandemic. We're so sold out on being right that we're willing to sacrifice relationships to prove it. If someone doesn't agree with one thing, we would just assume cancel them and have a civil conversation with them. I remember a few months ago, I was witnessing a conversation between two people, and both were talking about the needless deaths that have taken place in this season. One was saying that there were so many people needlessly dying from this virus, and they felt like that people not being cautious were, were actually close to committing murder. And the other was saying that there had been so many murders due to violence and, and un needless violence and unrest and, and hatred. And then a third person jumped in the conversation and, and they began to start talking about murder in the form of abortion. Now, I, I want to be clear about this. As followers of Jesus, no matter the cause of the death, any loss of life is to be grieved and lamented. Any loss of life is to be grieved and lamented. Here's where things got crazy in that conversation. As each shared their perspectives, they began to listen less, talk more, and talk louder. They began to shout things at each other. Uh, they were angry at each other. They began to shout and call each other names and pr practically devalue any opinion that the other person had. Anyone ever seen this type of conversation in 2020? Here's what broke my heart. These three people would say and look at each other and tell you that they cared about each other and they loved each other. However, their passions to be right about what was murder and what wasn't murder actually, according to the words of Jesus, caused them to commit murder of each other in their hearts. I mean, these were brothers and sisters of the same heavenly father. Listen, as followers of Jesus, we've got to recognize that whatever the debate is about, it's less important than being siblings in Christ. It's got to be less important than being siblings in Christ. The second thing that Herod saw was revenge. Herod was so furious about being tricked by the wise man that he took out his frustration on children in the area. Like he couldn't exact revenge on the wise men, so someone had to suffer. He believed that because he had been done wrong, he now had permission to do wrong. Family, listen, I'm seeing this, and we're seeing this also in this season. When someone gets upset or wounds us, instead of seeking reconciliation, we seek revenge. And instead of seeking reconciliation, we seek Revenge. We don't just get mad. We have this desire to get even. And there's no place on the planet this, this is seen more than in social media, right? We, we can't let anything go. 
If anyone says or does something to us, there's this automatic response to put them on blast and call them out on social media, to point out all of their flaws and all of their failures. Our our go-to is to get payback when something's done to us. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Some things that I see on social media can be pretty funny. For, for example, a lady tweeted this. <laughs> this lady was being so rude to me in the grocery line, so rather than say anything to her, I invited everyone behind her to go ahead of me because today I had time, right? And then another young lady tweeted this. This one was one of my favorite. My boyfriend cheated on me, so I convinced him to get matching tattoos. He went first, and I went home. Right? Some of these are so funny, but the problem is that it's become too easy to, th- to say things to people or about people behind a flat screen monitor instead of saying it face to face because we don't want to see the pain and the hurt that it causes. And as followers of Jesus, we have to start to have more of a Teflon-like skin. Anybody know what Teflon is? Right? You ever heard of a Teflon pan? It's a non-stick it's a non-stick surface. And we, as followers of Jesus, we have to develop a non-stick surface for our skin. So instead of, instead of things sticking in us and giving us this, this desire to get revenge, it just kind of slides right off. The third thing that Herod saw was risk. He saw risk. From Herod's point of view, any risk was a bad risk. When, when, when you're at the top of the heap, you... You may think that, that risk can only lead to loss. Herod fought for control by reducing risk. Herod fought for control by reducing risk. Herod thought that by eliminating all risk, that he could increase his level of control. And as a byproduct of this pandemic, that we, we, we see risk everywhere. We see risk when we, we, we leave our house. We see risk when we're having to make decisions at work. We see risk when we're having to go to the stores to buy Christmas presents for family members. We see risk everywhere, and this is largely because our level of stress has gone up. As our band would make their way back uh, on the stage to lead us in the last song of worship, uh, I do want to share this story with you. So, see, our, at our lead staff meetings, we've adopted a new word for 2020 to help us navigate all the challenges of the season. And that word is flexible. Say flexible. Flexible. So we say things like, hey, hey, what are you learning in this season? And we're like, Flex- to be flexible. Or, or what is, what, what's the Lord teaching you? Flexibility. And the thing about flexibility and being flexible is in order for us to become more flexible, we have to be put under more stress. And how many of us can agree that in 2020, it just seems like it's one increased stress after another? That's what it feels like. And these stress just builds up and builds up and builds up. And it can cause us to feel like we're about to explode. But the explosion is just not going to hurt us. It's going to hurt everyone around us. So as the band comes back up, I don't know where they went to. Uh, They're here somewhere. (laughs) Our our invitation for today is to see what Herod saw. It's to see what Herod saw, but respond differently. Instead of responding uh, with seeing a rival and revenge and risk, instead choose to see and fight for relationship, redemption, and reconciliation. Relationship, redemption, and reconciliation. Listen, we can't just see it. We've got to fight for it. Because Jesus came into the world not to, to take over somebody's position or to trade places with someone. Jesus came to offer us life when what we deserve is death. Like, he came to to give us the ability to live out what we were created for. But we won't be able to do it if we don't see him through the right lens. 
He's Redeemer. He's Redeemer. He's not pointing out flaws. He's redeeming those flaws and making us whole. And so there may be some of us here and some of us watching online that have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and as Redeemer somewhere in our past. But this season has gotten our vision so cloudy that we're quick to to find a rival and we're quick to seek revenge and we're quick to do away with all risk. And if that's you, all you have to do is just ask the Lord to reveal those things to you and then ask him to forgive you for those things. You see, Jesus came to, re- to establish right relationship with God the Father. When we trust him as Redeemer and trust him as Lord and Savior, that's when that takes place. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we just thank you. We thank you that you are our Father. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace and your kindness and your being ever-present in our lives. That wherever we go, your goodness is there. Wherever you are, your goodness is there. And it rules and it reigns in every situation and circumstance that we come in contact with. And our heart's prayer this morning is that in this season, when we see the things that Herod the Great saw, we'll choose to use you and your son Jesus as our filter. May we choose to to show the grace that we've received. May we choose to show the mercy that we've received. May we choose to show the love that we have received in and through your son, Jesus. And we thank you that he is Lord. If there's anyone here, anyone watching online who hasn't confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, pray that in this quick moment of silence, they would cry out, ask him forgive them of their sins come and be the Lord and Savior and leader of their lives for those that just prayed that prayer that are here I would love to have a conversation with you and for those who are watching online and prayed that prayer I would love for you just to shoot me a quick email so that we can celebrate that decision to follow Jesus. For all of us who have prayed that prayer in the past, uh, Holy Spirit, do something in us that, 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 so we can show your love in ways that we've never shown it before in this Christmas season, that it would not be about us, it would not be about focus on what we are and who we are and what we can get, but everything that we do, say, think, would be focused on showing Jesus to a broken world. But I think we, we could all agree, Lord, that in this season, we need Jesus more than ever. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all who agree with that prayer said, Amen. You can stand as you're able and I've tried so hard to see it Took me so long to believe it That you'd choose someone like me To carry your victory Perfection could never earn it You give 
service. We'll have communion available for those who have repented of their sin and committed to live like Christ. We'll also have some people up front to pray with you for any prayer concern or prayer need that you have or anything that you just maybe want to celebrate that's going on right now. Uh, We would love to come alongside you and celebrate that also. Uh, But before we leave this morning, I just want us to pray uh, together this morning. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for for your word this morning. We thank you for the opportunity and freedom that we get to come and worship you. We thank you that you are the greatest hero of all time. You are the great champion. And you step before us and you you fight for anything and everything, Lord, so that our lives can just be lived to bring you glory. And so we celebrate you this morning. We celebrate you. We say thank you. We say you are worthy. You are holy to be praised and be made much of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all, uh, if you're not going to come up for communion or come up for prayer, uh, just go this week. Have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you back next week as we continue in our series, Do You See What I See? Have a great day. Yeah.